World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Uh, you got me daggling around over here a little bit. Spencer just sent me some news. So that's not even there, Coach, so... I sent him a link, and he says it's not there. And I click on that, on this, and lo and behold, Spencer, I think you're right. Falseflag.news. Wow. I'm going to show you some stuff on that. I don't know what the heck's going on there. Hey, good morning. Morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What a time to be alive. Stuff going on down around us. Great, great. Man, man. All good, all good, all good. Uh, hang on. I'm distracted. Let me give it back here. Look, I'm putting together a show. I want you all to make a, make a note to yourself right now. And I want to give credit where credit is due. Gary Gary um, Pierce brought the idea up. We're doing uh, preliminary uh, plans for a standalone show seminar on Saturday the 23rd. And it's going to be a show dedicated specifically to finances in the time in which we live. I spoke to Ross Powell yesterday. You say, who's Ross Powell? Well, you'll hear in a minute. He has a, he, he has a business, which Michelle and I have taken advantage of, which is called Survival 401k. Put that up there, Spencer. Survival401k.com. Survival401k.com. And I talked to him yesterday, and Ross was really, really excited to be part of it. And what the survival 401k is for those of you who have retirement and you're worried about it, or you have IRAs and you're worried about them, you're worried about it, you can get you can have a self-managed 401k by gold, silver, whatever you want to, and you manage it yourself. And Ross is going to be part of it, and they're going to explain to all of you out there how you can safely and legally get control of your 401ks, all that stuff out there, perfectly legal. Ross is going to do a presentation for us. We're going to have a presentation done on, on gold and silver, the effectiveness of gold and silver. We're going to have a, this is all going to be in one in one afternoon. We're going to do four different, maybe five different ones. We're going to do 401k, uh, gold, uh, self-directed 401ks. You can buy real estate. You can do all kinds of stuff with your retirement money rather than leave it, leave it in the bank. We're going to do one on crypto currency. What does that really mean? How does that stuff work? We're going to do one on how to build wealth. All of these about an hour segment. We're going to do another one. I forget what that. My mind's racing so fast. But we're going to do this on, this is going to be something I think you guys are going to really, really, uh, going to really, really enjoy. We, uh, we'll be trying to twist Roger's arm to get in here and talk again about um, making sure you have a living will so that uh, the, you don't have to go into probate. So this is going, these are going to be I mean, it's going to be really, really good. And so mark that down tentatively for, um, uh, no, Ross, Ross, Ross tells you to get your IRA out of the bank. 
out of whatever it is. So, so that's that's going to be September 23rd. We're still working on finalizing on that. It's going to be really, really, going to be really good. Okay. I don't know how I got on that, but I thought I want I want to want to say that. Look, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how to say what I want to say. Because every time I do a show, seems like it. I, I'm goring somebody's ox. Meaning what? It is almost impossible, friends, to do a show the way we do it here and not step on somebody's theology. It's almost impossible. Because why? How many how many different denominations are there? Christian denominations? Isn't it 26,000 or something like that, Spencer? And did I tell you the story yesterday? I know I did, of the pastor, the church I just spoke at last Sunday. He, he changed his credentials from the Methodist church to the uh, Nazarene church. Has both, actually. He has now credentials. In other words, a stamp of approval from both the Nazarene church and both the Methodist church. And he was, he was hosting a Methodist church. And what did they do? They pulled his credentials because they don't agree with the Nazarene church. Right? So if everything was cut and dried, we wouldn't have all these different denominations. And so when I bring up issues like the body of Christ, the church is not the body of Christ, not the bride of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, not the bride of half of you. Half of you give me a thumbs up, half of you blow snot at me. Because why? Because it's a theology that you've been trained in. And Uncle Billy Bob told you this is what the Bible teaches. Most of us raised in any type of denominational church whether we know it or not, our theology becomes the theology of that church. What's the difference between, for instance, the rapture, the rapture, talk about the rapture. Some people got mad at me because I, you know, because I'm not all in on the rapture. Well, dudes, <laughs> you have any idea how much of Christendoms doesn't believe in the rapture? Do you have any idea? It's like 70% of Christendom does not believe in a rapture. I don't care if you do. If you do, you may have a good reason to believe it. But understand that the people that you call, that call themselves Christians that you go to church with, they don't agree with you. Did you know that? No, you didn't know that. And so if I bring that up, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's a lie. You, That's not true. You are believing. I don't take a position on the rapture. I don't take a position on it. I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there isn't one. And you don't either. Yet we, some of us go to war over that, what they call the blessed hope. Well, okay, I'm ambivalent. That means I don't care one way or another. Look, are you looking at me? I really don't care one way or another. I really don't care. If there's a rapture, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not living my life waiting on the rapture. It, it has absolutely no influence in my life when I get up and I live out my life for Christ. I never, ever think of it. However, Bible calls it the blessed hope. And there are people who are staking their entire future on the rapture. Anybody say amen out there? Know what I'm talking about? Can we discuss these things without people getting mad at me? Amen. Look, if you, if you know what you believe, what does it matter if I question what you believe? If you cannot defend what you believe, then you don't really believe it. See, I can defend the fact that a transgender man isn't a man, isn't a woman. I can, I can defend that. I can defend it. You can believe that. that you can believe it. 
That doesn't make it right just because you believe it. And it doesn't make it right just because your neighbor agrees with you on it. And it certainly doesn't make it right if you get all the people in your church together and you all agree with it. A man cannot be a woman. I don't care. Right. Right. So we live in un- unbelievable times. And I want to I want to connect some dots. today. If you didn't, Spencer, I don't know if I sent it to you. I'm all over the place. Congratulations on your new baby, Spencer. Um, folks, if you did not see the Brideon show yesterday, I don't know if I can redo it or not. And we were talking before I went into went into the break or before we went live. It might be the most. I told Michelle, she, she didn't get to hear it. I said, honey, that may be the best show I ever did. That might be the best show I ever did. If you guys get a chance, watch yesterday's. Uh, Spencer, I think we posted it at Coach Dave Live. I think we did. But if you didn't get it, because some people say I have a hard time getting into Brideon, Coach. I how do I get into Brideon? And I think Jared posted it yesterday, didn't he? Uh, there it is. Put it up there on the screen. You just go to Coach Dave Live and the videos, and there it is. Yesterday's show at Brideon. Uh, one of the things I don't like about Brideon, I like give and take. I like to take phone calls, and uh, I'm going to figure out a way to do that. This show was this show was packed full. Some, in fact, I'm going to cover some of it here this morning. Well, Dave, Dave, let me let me just say this: that show is worth sharing with your friends. Send that around to everybody yeah. you know because the info in it. The info is the info is unbelievable. Most of it, uh, not not theological. It's not it's not a theological show. It's about uh, you just got to watch it, man. It's about the Supreme Court and our laws and some recent Supreme Court decisions and the impact of them. See, I talked to, spoke a little bit about that yesterday on the show, and then when I went before I went on Friday, I said, man, I got to I got to dig in deeper on that. So there's more there, but I want to show you guys something here. If you if you just bear with me a second, okay? Golly, Lord, where do I want to start? Do you want to start on Supreme Court cases or do you want to start on the rapture? Which where do you where do you want to start? Because both of them are so important. Both of them are so important. Oh, well, I know I'm going to start. Supreme Court. Supreme okay. Court. Okay. Supreme all right. Court. All right. All right. All right. Pull up number one. Pull up number one for me. This is going to be a good show. Hey, Spencer, the greatest thing you ever do in your whole life is be a, be a daddy. If you do it right, it's the greatest thing that you'll ever, ever do. Ask a bunch of us who screwed it up, <laughs> right? A bunch of us who screwed up parenting. Uh, oh, man. You, you know, one of the themes of our show here is that we're winning. We are so, so winning. And you also know one of the themes here of the show is that uh, the courts have been lost. The Luciferians won. They Everything that we're dealing with, the Luciferians won in the courts. Separation between the church and state. I'm sorry if this is a rehash, but we get new viewers every day. 1947, Everson versus the Board of Education opened the door to the lie of the separation between the church and state. Because they said there was a separation between the church and state, by the way, the same court, that basically the same court making all these decisions. 1947, separation between the church and state. And because there was a, they determined that there was a separation between the church and state, in 1961, they removed prayer. Out of school. So you can't pray. There's a separation between church and state. And two years later, they removed Bible reading out of the school. Why? Oh, well, there's a separation between the church and state. And then in 1973, they said you can kill a baby. Why can't you kill a baby? Well, there's a separation between the church and state. And in 1980, they took down the Ten Commandments, Stone versus Graham. They took down the Ten Commandments. Why? Why? There's a separation between the church and the state, right? You get it? Do you see how this thing, they call it starry decisis, previously decided cases. That's how we end up in the mess that we're in. So what has happened now is for the first time in at least a generation, maybe two generations. Oh, I got to talk about that too. Um, 
the Supreme Court is now no longer in the hands of Luciferians. Christians, conservatives, call it whatever you want to, are now in control of the court. Because of that, as we saw here in Ohio, when we tried to change our Ohio Constitution to make it more difficult to change the Constitution, currently in the state of Ohio, we can get a constitutional amendment for a 50.1% vote. The people could vote to legalize killing baby 50.1 to 49.9, or just even one vote. They changed the Constitution. So our, our issue one was to try to make it harder to change the Constitution, making it 60%. Because why? Coming up now, we know, on the ballot already is the right to murder a baby. It's coming up. And if they can get it past 50.1, 50% plus one vote, well, then the Constitution will be changed, right? Why is that happening? Because Luciferians are smarter than us, and they understand they've lost the courts. And so they're going to go back to the legislature, which, by the way, is the way it's supposed to be done, but not at fifty percent to change. I'm, I'm trying to not trying to not trying to confuse you. So I want to show you something that I kind of breezed over yesterday, but I think it's critically important. That if we think about all these things, how about remember the Supreme Court ruled that you had to that I had to bake a cake for a homo. Remember they said that they do that was discriminatory, folks. No, no, not anymore, not anymore. And if you remember. I'm just kind of giving you a, a, a once overview of what I talked about yesterday on Friday. I'm like, I go deeper, deeper. Uh, also, uh, <clears throat> prayer in school. All, folks, the, all these decisions that we've lived under for 70 years have been have been overthrown. Scroll down a little bit quickly, Spencer. And just in nine, just th- if we ever, you better thank God for Donald Trump. Donald Trump saved America. Huh? Oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take every one of these, but I want you to watch how many there. Six, three. Because why? Well, the conservatives own the courts, folks. They own the courts, right? So West Virginia environmental. I don't want to go there. These are all good. Uh, slow down, Spencer. Immigration. Uh, they overturned the, the the left one. That one. Here we go. No, go on. Keep going. Keep going. School prayer by six to three. Court ruled the prayer before a football game is now constitutional. It always was. It always was, folks. It always was. Prayer. Now, hang on. Does that mean prayer in the classroom is also constitutional? Yeah. Does that mean prayer before a school board meeting is also constitutional? Yeah. Does that mean, huh? You you get it, folks? Do you do you un, do you understand that the that the Supreme Court said, listen, no longer. See, this is so much deeper. Lord, don't let me get off the track here. The schools are now, by ruling of the Supreme Court, opened up the schools to Christianity. Schools are now open again to Christianity. Go on down. As I decided, June 7th. The next one, abortion rights. They've told us for since 1973 that a woman had a right to murder a baby. And lo and behold, what did they say? No, they don't. No, they don't. Do you see where the left is losing in the courts? Do you see this? No right to an abortion. So what do they do? Now they're going to go to the states and do it through the state legislatures. The devil realized we kicked his butt, so he's changing tactics. He's gone from the straight T offense to the spread offense now. They've changed tactics. Why? Because we've got good. Because we're good on defense, but we're not very good on offense. Next one. These all happen. Folks, look, Second Amendment. The Supreme Court said six to three. You can't put, you can't violate the Second Amendment by passing gun laws. You can't do it. That's what the Supreme Court said. Did you guys know that? Of course, media's not telling that. You don't know that. 
gun laws are now violation of the Second Amendment, which they always have been. Remember this, courts don't make law. Courts offer opinions, their opinion. So if the court says, uh, if the court says that a woman has a right to kill a baby, that's not the law of the land, friends. It goes to the legislatures. A law is passed by Congress or the elected body. Supreme Court doesn't make laws. Supreme Court says, hey, that, uh, that right, they had that right to kill that baby. You, you got to make the law line up with that. So then it goes back to the Congress legislature where they make a law. And that's why the Bible says that Congress shall make no law. I'm sorry, the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. Why? Because Congress makes laws. So Congress can make no law regarding what? Establishment of religion, or the free exercise thereof, period. That's what the court said, okay? Are you, are you tracking with me here? So when they ruled super, uh, Roe versus Wade was the law of the land, that was a color of law and a lie. Go to the next one. This is very fascinating. You know, the stuff, the separation of church and state, there it is again. Go on. There's no separation between the church and state. They're finally telling us, go on, go on. We're the uh, First Amendment in public forms. Uh, Palk, Shirtliff, and, and they, wanted to, they wanted to fly on a, a Christian flag over the courthouse in Boston. They wouldn't let them do it. Wouldn't let him do it. Hal Shirtliff took it to the Supreme Court. Nine to zero. The Supreme Court said, you can't discriminate. If you put a gay flag up, you got to put a Christian flag up. Another victory. Nine zero. We're so winning. Go on. Folks, do you understand the left has lost the courts? Do you understand? This has been their power base. Huh? First Amendment censures. Uh, this goes on and on. But uh, what? Re- reestablish our freedom of speech. Religion and death penalty, eight to one. Go ahead, death penalty is okay. Go to the next one. How about this one? Court ruled government was not required to disclose. I'll go to the next. I don't care about that. It's important, but don't want to get bogged down on that. How about this? I'm, I'm going to stop here because this is getting kind. Of, this side, this will be in the chat. Check them out for yourself. The Supreme Court ruled that a baker does not have to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Court ruled that. Do you understand that? And do you understand that they've been doing all this stuff to us under what we called the color of law the other day? We talked about that. Supreme Court makes a ruling, and that becomes the law of the land. And that is a lie. Meaning what? We are so winning. <laughs> We're so winning. So put this in the in the chat because you all need to go back. This has just happened. Friends, are you looking at me? Just in 2022, we have flipped over the tables. They flipped over the apple cart. All these things that they've been telling us about religion, the religious expression in public, and you can't, uh, which is why I said yesterday, we need to go. Oh, <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm so, full, I'm so full of it. The government ought to be funding Christian schools. Government needs to be funding Christian schools. Why? Because those tax dollars are there for you to determine the education your children get. And so if you want your children to be in a Christian education, then his tax dollars given to the federal government should follow your child. You shouldn't have to pay $15,000 in tax. Well, the average child in America, $15,720 federal funds goes to your local school. We'll say that again. $15,720, I think it is. Every child in America, that amount of money, almost $16,000, goes to your local school for your child's education. 
And you now know, according to what, what just Supreme Court just ruled, you now can take that money and have it go with the child to the Christian school. So you don't have to pay for your local school and dig in your pocket for $7,000 more to put your kid in a Christian education. Those walls are going to tumble down, okay? If we're smart, if we will go on the offense, we are so winning. So winning. Oh, my goodness, goodness, goodness. Should I stop right there? No, no, I can't stop right there. So go to number four. The hand's popping up here. Let me look over here. It distracts me. Not too bad yet. All right, good, good, good. You guys know what the Humanist Manifesto is? You you guys ever heard that? I'm so sorry I haven't brought this to you before. See, the Supreme Court ruled in uh, Holy Trinity versus U.S. that humanism, secular humanism, is a religion. Folks, the religion of the public schools is humanism, secular humanism. Secular means non-religious, but it's not non-religious. Atheism is a religion. See, look, atheism is a belief system. You're picking it up? Faith is a belief system. Christianity is a belief system. Atheism is also a belief system. And having a belief in no God at all does not trump the right of those of us who have a belief in God. So when they said that there was a separation between the church and state, they meant this. There was no longer going to be a Church of England that everybody had to be a member of. Rhode Island was Baptist. Uh, Pennsylvania was Quaker. Massachusetts was Church of England. Anglican, you understand? So when they said separates between the church and the state, they meant no national denomination, not religion. Christianity was the established religion of America. It was already established. They disestablished it through the color of law, through a lie. Am I doing okay out here, Chad? Huh? Am I doing okay? You guys follow me? Keep I know going. I'm doing okay. I don't want to get ahead of you, okay? I want you to Keep going. follow where, where we're going. So I, I went back and I looked up the Humanist Manifesto. Manifesto always means statement, uh, belief system. The Humanist Manifesto. So here it is. <laughs> wow. Man, I need, I need a month. Raymond Bragg said, the manifest, this manifesto is a product of many minds. It was designed to represent a developing point of view. By the way, that's a religion, not a creed. The individuals whose signatures appear would, would had they been writing individual statements, have stated the propositions in differing terms. But the importance of this document is that more than 30 men, how about this? More than 30 men, that could be 31. More than 30 men have come to general agreement on the matters of final concern that these men are undoubtedly representative of a large number who are forging a new philosophy. See, they call it a philosophy, but it's a new religion. They're forging a new religion out of the materials of the modern world. 1933. The time has come for a widespread recognition of this radical change in religious beliefs. See, humanism is a religion. Time has come for widespread recognition of the radical changes in religious beliefs throughout the nation. Time has passed for mere revision of traditional attitudes. Science and economic change have disrupted old beliefs. Religions the world over are under the necessity of coming to terms with new conditions. This is a in order that religious human. Do you see that? Can anybody read but me? In order that religious humanism 
may be better understood. We, the underside, desire to make certain affirmations, which we believe the facts of our contemporary life demonstrate. They say humanism is a religion. Go on down, go on down. I'm not mad, it just seems like it. Oh, this is all good. Put in the chat, you can read it. Keep on going down, keep on going down. Scroll down, whoa, whoa. Okay, here they go. Here's their tenets. Religious humanists regard this universe as self-existing and not created. They don't believe in God. So humanism believes that man is part of a nature that he has emerged as a result of continuous process, evolution. Holding an organic view of life, humanists find that the tradition dualism of mind and body must be rejected. They don't believe in mind, body, soul. They don't believe in that. Humanism recognizes that man's religious culture and civilizations, as clearly depicted by anthropology and history, are the product of a gradual development to his interaction with his natural environment and his social heritage. The individual born into a particular culture. Look, listen. The individual born into a particular culture, it's largely molded by the culture. So they knew that if they could get humanism into the schools, the religion of humanism into the schools, why they could mold the minds of children. That's what it says right there, right? Know what it says? Yeah. I can't keep reading on this. I can't. Uh, humanists assert that the nature of the universe depicted by modern science makes unacceptable any supernatural or cosmic uh, possibilities of human value. Obviously, humanism does not deny the possibility of, of religion, but it does not insist that the way to determine the existence and value of all realities is by means of intelligent inquiry. Religion must formulate its hopes and plans in the light of scientific spirit. Folks, religion, humanism is a religion. We're convinced that time is, look, we're convinced that the time has passed for theism, deism, modernism, and the several varieties of new thought. Huh? Get, get rid of those old ways. Get old, let's, get that, let's get that Christianity out of the school and let's start teaching humanism. Seventh, religion consists of those actions, purposes, and experiences which are humanly significant. Nothing human is alien to the religious. They are religious! It includes labor, art, science, philosophy, love, friendship, recreation, all that is in its degree excessively of intelligently satisfying humility. The distinction between the sacred and the secular can no longer be maintained. This is them. Religious humanism considers the complete realization of human personality to be the end of man's life and seeks its development and fulfillment in the here and now. This is the explanation. Okay, I'm done. So they overthrew Christianity and reestablished humanism. Is anybody anybody picking this up out there rather than me? And so the Supreme Court just said, uh, dudes, humanism is no longer in charge. It's freedom of religion, freedom of it, no restrictions on it. Government has no control over it. So why do we continue to allow them to teach atheistic humanism to our children in government schools? Can somebody explain that to me? Hmm. Ten, it follows that there will be no uniquely religious emotions and attitudes of the kind hitherto associated with the belief in the supernatural. They are teaching the religion of atheism to your children under humanism. Believing that religion must work increasingly for joy in living, religious human, they call themselves a religion, aimed to foster the creative in man and to encourage achievements that add to the satisfaction of life. I wish Vinny was here just to say boom. 
just to say boom. I'm sorry I didn't bring all this before you. I've, I've known all this for a while. I'm sorry. 13, religious humanism. <clears throat> Dave Allison, would you do a boom for me? Sherry, would you do a boom for me? Boom. Humanism's a religion. They oh, in their own no. documents. Religious humanism maintains that all associations and institutions exist for the fulfillment of human life. That's why they call it humanism. The intelligent evaluations, transformations, control, and direction of such associations and institutions with a view to the advancement of human life is the purpose and program of humanism. Certainly, religious institutions, their ritualistic forms, ecclesiastical methods, and communal activities must be reconstituted as rapidly as experience permits in order to function effectively in a modern world. Wow. Fifteenth and last. Say, Coach, I never do this. Stuff. I never knew any of this. We here assert that humanism will affirm life rather than deny it, except kill babies. Ex- seek to elicit the possibilities of life, not flee from them, and endeavor to establish the conditions of a satisfactory life for all, not literally for the few. By this positive moral and intentional humanism, will be guided from this perspective, alignments, the techniques, and efforts. Of humanism will follow. So stand these theses of religious humanism. Boom. Though we consider the religious forms and ideas of our fathers no longer adequate, the quest for the good life is still central task of mankind. Man is at last becoming aware that he alone is responsible for the realization, my body, my choice, of the world of his dreams. And he has within himself the power for its achievement. He must set intelligence and will to the task. And then who are the signers? Who are the signers of this? Oh, some great names on it. Well, I've gone longer than I wanted to go, at least on this. But we've been, uh, color of law, you guys remember that? Color of law, John Dewey, huh? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Raymond Bragg, look at these churches, folks. Look at these churches. Huh? Western Unitarian Conference, sociology, professor of religion, University of Chicago, huh? Minister of the Religion, Fellowship of a Liberal Religion, Department of Philosophy. These are philosophers. These are religious philosophers. We minister Unitarian Church, managing editor of the New Humanist, minister third Unitarian. Do you see what they have done with? Okay, everybody say this. Coach, this knowledge is worth a million dollars. You don't have to say it, but it is, is it? Is it not? How many people sitting in the American church have any idea of this? Your elected officials have any idea of it? People running your school have any idea of it? No, they don't don't know. They substituted humanism for Christianity. They booted Christ out and they brought man in. That's all they've done. And look, look at the results of it. Oh, my goodness. I'm pausing. I'm pausing. I got to bring this up. <clears throat> Go to number nine, and then I'm going to open it up after this. I got a lot of stuff I want to get on the table today. Thank you, Lord. God's so good. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. Because I'm going to remember what I said to start the show. I question everything, and you should too. 
question why you believe what you believe. Because it tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, I think it is. Somebody help me out here. The uh, When Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. No, hang on. Hang on. I'm holding one of our keychains. This is a keychain. Stay with me. Stay with me. This is a keychain. This. Ever present right now in my hand. That is a TV screen. This I have. That I don't have. This I have. That I don't have. Is that, am I with me? Say, Coach, that's simple. Well, I know it's simple. I know it is. The Bible says that this generation shall not pass away. Not that generation. Not that generation. This generation. Which generation would that be? If I was standing in front of all of you and I said, I am so honored to address this group. Who am I talking to? Am I talking to a group in the future? If I was talking to a group in the future, I would say that generation. That generation I'm going to be speaking to next week. That generation. But right now I'm speaking to this generation. The people who are standing in front of me. Barely, barely I send you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Christ talking about the end times and splitting of the eastern sky and him returning and the rapture. He said, this generation. So, I said to myself, self, how long is a generation? How long is a generation? I'm 70 years old, but is me in my lifetime, me, my children, my children's children, I'm just three generations living right here on this property. Now, how long is a generation? This stuff matters. Scroll down. This is really good. I'll put it in the chat. Scroll down almost to the bottom. Almost to the bottom. It talks about a generation is. Keep going. Keep going. How long? Oh, it's right there. How long is a generation? Well, according to Pew Research, this is a breakdown that's used most often by sociologists. The greatest generation was 1910 to 1924. How long was that, folks? Am I good at math? 14 years. The silent generation was 1925 to 1945, 20 years. The baby boomers, that's us. <clears throat> Our generation was 1946 to 1964. Generation X was 1965 to 1999. The millennial generation was 1980 to 1996. Generation X, is that what it says? Whatever that thing, Z, is 1997 to 2015. In my lifetime, hang on a minute. In my lifetime, I've already seen one, two, three. Four, five. I've seen five generations in my lifetime. This generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Time out a minute. Was he talking to this generation? That generation? 2024. Which generation was he talking to? Scroll on down. Look, I, look, I don't care if it messes with your theology. You want to believe the truth or not? There it is, right there. Greatest generation? 10 to 24. Silent generation, 25 to 45. 
Baby boomer, 46 to 79. Millennials, 1980 and 1996. Generation Z, 1997, 2015. How do you calculate a generation? Take the years your oldest ancestor's birth and subtract it from your own birth. Divide your time span by the number of connections between you and your ancestors. Scroll on down and you're going to find out how long a generation is. And the truth of the matter is we don't know. But they told us in 1948 that when Israel became a nation, the clock started running. Can somebody help me out here? How many generations have there been since 1948 and today? We just read them, didn't we? Didn't we just read them? Because how many people, is there anybody born in 1948 that's dead today? Does anybody think there's anybody born in 1948 that's dead today? When would be the last person of a generation to still be alive? How long would that be? Well, Methuselah lived, what, 900 years. So that was a rare. But we would all agree that for the most part, the average generation is 30 years. 30 years. And then a new generation comes on. See, a generation begins when the old generation starts having children. That basically is the end of that generation. So Michelle and I had our first baby at 27 years old, and then it becomes my children's generation until their children have children. I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm trying to help you here. You with me? So when they tell us, go back to this generation, this generation shall not pass away. To all these things be fulfilled. Was Jesus lying? Did he not know math? I know this makes some of you nervous. I know it makes some of you nervous. Is it the end times? I don't know. It's almost my end times. <laughs> I know that. Hmm? See, now, now, look. If Jesus, please stay with me. I just think my way through my faith. If Jesus said, if, if the marker was, the reestablishment of Israel in 1948. Wouldn't Jesus have said that generation that sees the establishment of Israel, that generation will see all these things? No. He's standing in front of a group and he says, this generation. This generation. Not that one. This one. Maybe Jesus didn't know the difference between this and that. All right. Made you all mad. Tracy, come on in. Tracy. Oh, I, I accidentally hit the button. Sorry, all right. Coach. All right. All right. Hey, listen, don't get mad at me. All I did is read. That's all I did. Kevin, come on in. All right. Uh, two quick points. Going back to the, the wins that we're getting in the uh, Supreme Court, okay, and the media blackout on it because almost nobody knows about these wins. It's like watching a football game, and every time our side ends up getting up and making a touchdown, they turn the cameras off. That's so right. The people at home don't end up seeing this, you know, the score that we made, and then it come, they don't turn the cameras back on until the next play begins. Great nobody, illustration. Yeah, Great nobody's illustration. taking the time to look at the scoreboard. Now, secondly, let's go to, let's go to uh, Thomas Jefferson's uh, letter to the Danbury Baptists. Okay? Notice what they have cherry-picked. Okay, they've cherry-picked separation of church and state. 
indicating Christianity because church is associated with Christianity. It's not mosque and state, not synagogue and state, it's not temple and state, it's church and state. Because so hang on, Kevin. Hang oh, on. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. It's important to understand that everybody was under the Church of England. That's why they said the church and the state. We came to America where there was no national church. There was freedom of religion. Go ahead. Well, I'm just just to you know back up the point that you're making that it's it's Christ that they're targeting. It's not religion necessarily that they're targeting that they're trying to remove from government. It's Christianity that they're trying because that associates with church. Church, other than other than the Church of Satan stealing the word church and hijacking it, church is only associated with Christianity. Hey, can I tell you something? We'll make you all nervous. The American Legion is a church. The Eagles are a church. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. The Masons are a church. Sorry. 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 The, the word is misapplied. See, the word is misapplied. Wow. We got so much to learn, Keith. Yes, sir. Didn't uh, the Apostle John wasn't he a part of that generation? Didn't he write uh, Revelation and see the last days? I think so. I think so. I think so. And see, we grab look. We most religion that we all have been taught is something that's been handed down to us. Can I be honest with you? Most have never have really, really read and studied the Bible. You go to church every Sunday, and Pastor Timmy Toes gives you a sermon. You haven't read it, done the background work on it, checked it out for yourself. Pastor Timmy Toes is telling you, he's giving you a sermon. But Pastor Billy Bob across the street is giving you a different sermon with a different theological point. We're all Christians but we don't all believe the same thing. Did you? Okay, I, okay. Hang on, hang on. Let me find. It. Hang on. Bear with me a second. Uh, where is that? Where is it? Uh, okay. Pull up where it says rapture. I was going to get into this. I'm not going to get into it. But did you know this? Oh boy. Chad, is it okay if I keep going here a minute? I got. I just got to do this. I just got to do this. Keep going. Keep okay, going. Thanks. Keep going. I'd love to hear from all of you, but this is, is more important. <clears throat> Scroll on down there. Look, friends, can I say this again? I don't take a position on the rapture. I don't know. I don't take it. But did you know this? Uh, well, we know we're talking about left behind and how that influenced America. But did you know that most of Christianity do not believe in a rapture, friends? The idea that the rapture is an essential fundamental stopper right there. The idea that the rapture is an essential and fundamental belief of Christianity is a common misconception. While a number of Christians do believe in some form of rapture, these beliefs vary widely, and many Christian sects don't believe that the rapture is scriptural at all. Even among groups that emphasize the rapture, mainly evangelifish, there are several different ideas concerning when it will happen in relation to the return of Christ and the period of disasters leading up to the return called the tribulation. Some believe that believers will be taken up before the tribulation, avoiding the suffering. Others believe the rapture will occur in the middle of it. Some others believe that the rapture will not occur till the end of the tribulation. The majority of Christian denominations don't believe that scripture supports the idea of the rapture. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that? Huh? 
The majority of Christian denominations do not believe and support the idea of a rapture. Did you know that? Catholics, Lutherans, and Presbyterians, for instance, take this stance. The rapture is far from being a well-established idea in the Christian church. And in fact, when it comes to official doctrine, rapture is a minority view. Put this in the chat. Read it for yourself. Go ahead, Rochelle. Hi, Coach. Good morning. Um, On the verse that you picked out um, in Matthew 24, when it says that this generation, if you read it in context, it appears that he's talking to those who see the tribulation of those days, the generation that sees the sun darkened and the moon not give light. Why wouldn't he say that generation? Well, it was translated from Greek. (laughs) It wasn't written in English. There's a lot of reasons we can make it true, aren't there, Michelle? There's a lot of reasons. all, All passages should be read in context. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, why wouldn't it say the generation that sees it? Rather than than this, the generation that sees it. Now, Rochelle would say, I'm not arguing with you, Rochelle. Well, it was a translation issue. Okay, well, let's get it right then. Can we get it right here today? Can we get it right? Was it talking about that generation, this generation, the generation? Which one was it talking about? Words mean things, friends. And again, I don't want to step on your toes. I love all of you. I don't have a position on it. The rapture is a minority view. It's a minority view of all of Christianity. And it didn't become popular till 1880-something when John Darby brought it up there. And then Tim LaHaye made a movie called Left Behind About It. And Powell Lindsay wrote a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. And now everybody thinks there's a rapture when that was not in, well, well, I'm making enemies today. Coach, there were first century, the first century church fathers taught the rapture too. You can read their books. The rapture has been around for longer than John Darby. That's just another thing to divide us. It's just another date they throw out there to divide us. Hey, Rochelle, most of Christianity doesn't believe in a rapture. That's division, isn't it? See, look, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. I don't, I don't argue about that. That's not, a, that's not a belief. All Christians believe in that, don't they? Don't all Christians believe in the resurrection of the dead? I do. Do all Christians believe you have to be born again? No, 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 they don't all believe that, do they? No, they don't all believe that. And so I'm, all I'm trying to get you to understand is that you're believing a lot of stuff that we really don't know. We really don't know. We don't. Myra, go. Then Randy. Boy, people are nervous. I feel the nerves out there. Hey, I don't I hope there's a rapture. If there's a rapture, I'm out of here. First both but Boat load, first one. Go, Myra. She's frozen? Are you fr- Myra's frozen. Randy. Coach, it's generation. That's, I'm going to talk about that for just a moment. Um, throughout history, it's changed a little bit here and there. But basically, when Jesus said that, this generation, I mean, he was a Jew. They they knew it was 40 years. I mean, we can say it maybe goes to 50, somewhere between 40 and 50. But, I mean, how he said also in Deuteronomy, God said that this generation wouldn't see the land. They wouldn't see the promised land. Well, be, how long were they in the 
going through that 40 years. So he waited 40 years until they died. Those first ones died off because he he did not let them go in to see the land because of their disobedience and all that. But, but also coach Jesus stood there in 30 AD or thereabouts. We can argue on that. It's not that critical, but by 70 AD, their, 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 their nation was gone. The last thing when the temple fell, their religion was over. Judaism was dead. It was. It shouldn't have ever been re-erected, but it has. It was over. Okay, so that's the, that's the generation. That's what he's talking about. That's the entire context that the Mount of Olives. That's called the Dis- Mount of Olive Olivet Discourse. That's every scholar will tell you that is the context. So it's it's about how you pull out things to to make it work. And so I mean, we've had to pull them out to make them work. It's, it's pretty obvious what it what well, he meant. So, Randy, it really took off when uh, Israel became a nation in 1948, and the, Israel was made a nation by the United Nations. United Nations declared it a nation. Amen. Amen. Let me move on here, Craig. Then Sheila. Are you mad at? Are you guys mad at me out there? Are you mad at me? Because I'm going to tell you something. The truth of the matter is, we all twist twist Scripture to make it fit what we believe. Somebody say Amen. That's the most. That's the best statement of the day. Amen. We all twist Amen. scripture to make it say what we believe. Go ahead, Craig. Psalm ninety, verse ten. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That would be seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that'd be eighty. Yet their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon to cut off, and we fly away. We knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us the number of days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I would argue that a generation, for most part, is 70 years. First being the ones that were actually born with Christ around 3 BC or around 00, saw Christ raised by a virgin and actually saw the destruction of the temple. They saw the beginning and they saw the end. And as far as the people who were in from the Exodus, there was a law that Moses said, if you were 20 and under, you would go into the promised land. That meant if you were 21, then you would have to go for about 39 years and die before you got to the promised land. 21 and 39 is 60. So I think, and another neat thing is Adam died at 930 years, 70 years short of a millennial or what we could consider a day in the Bible. Amen. Here's the the point I'm making. See, I'll get you in there. Here's the point I'm making. Every one of us can make an argument for why we believe what we believe. We all can. That's why we believe it. We can make an argument for it. What if I don't believe what you believe? I can make an argument against it. I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's theology. Nobody knows, the Bible says. Nobody knows. Sheila. There's a crack in the foundation. I'm coming back to where you were focused, Coach. I'm coming back to humanism. We never understood it. We never understood that the wedding ceremony that we've been doing inside the church is the Gentile pagan ceremony. 
something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new. It, mm. It's all paganism, ritual. Everything is ritual. Amen. So what's happening is the humanism churches are not just having the weddings in the churches. Look at everybody that's pulling the wedding out of the churches Amen. and having them in all these places and breaking the family and spending 50, 60, 70,000 on a venue and, and a fancy meal and all of these things. The only difference between what we call our church wedding and their wedding, they don't mention Matthew 19, 6, which is what Christ gave us. The, chil the children coming in as young people to get married don't focus on it. Nobody focuses on it. And what is it? They focus on their vows. They focus on vows human to human. They've shifted everything on us. Mm. The focus should be upon joining together as one flesh with God. This vow, vow to him. So with no him. man puts this joint union asunder, separate. Everybody who speaks against one partner or the other is putting God aside and separating the couple. Mm. Everybody's responsible for the breakup of that marriage. And one of the 45 items on the 45 list of their plan against us is make divorce easy. Yep, yep, yep. So if we don't have the foundation and we're focused on something borrowed, something new, something old, something blue, <laughs> That's where we're focused. And the wedding dress and the whole ceremony, we're not focused on the focus of the ceremony. So many people get married and they don't even know that this whole thing happened to bring you under the covering of the true father as one flesh. Wow. That you Amen. move together, you think together, you work together, yeah. you resolve together, you yeah. do everything together. And nobody from either family should be speaking against the other family, speaking against it. You're operating against God and everybody thinks they're operating with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sheila, isn't this amazing? Folks, have you ever had a religious discussion like this with a group of people with a different variety of beliefs? Huh? We, we don't have this. Baptists don't even speak to Presbyterians. Presbyterians don't even speak to charismatic. You know what I'm saying, right? We're not allowed because why we want to guard our belief system rather than finding the truth. Something isn't true just because you believe it. Those homosexuals believe they were born that way. A transgender believes he was born a girl. He believes it doesn't make it true. Boom. And a, and a lot of the religious beliefs we have, I'm sorry, are not true. The truth is the truth. Doesn't need your approval or mine. In fact, I don't believe it. Doesn't make it not true. You are, you walk out on the street and you go to lost people and you tell them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They don't believe it. Well, doesn't make it not true. They just don't believe it. And you can go out and tell some people, hey, you smoke marijuana every day and it'll make your life better. And people go smoke marijuana and they think their life's better and they smoke it every day, think their life, but their life isn't better. So the fact that you believe something doesn't make it true. The Bible says if you know the truth, then you'll be free. I don't oh, know. All of that's humanism. It's humanism. 
The Wesleyans said, don't make this about us. And they turned it into a method and called it Methodist. Every one of those church denominations is set up by man. It is all humanism in a pagan Gentile structure ritual inside the church. That's right. If you don't think there's humanism in your church service, you are crazy. Because it's all about preaching to you, pleasing your flesh, making you happy, making you Come on, come on, Lorraine, go ahead. Boom. Uh, I love this. See, this is where the unity comes in, right? But when you, once you get out of this, out of places like this, we're a house divided against each other. Right. And that's where Satan's got us, right? right? Because if we're divided against one another and you're a Baptist and you're, you know, charismatic or you're whatever, we're not going to find the common ground of it's all about Jesus and how do we how do we unify right that's right and 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 like what Sheila was saying it, it's 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 just so frustrating because it's actually a cult mentality because you're a cult going following this leader doing whatever they tell you to do and 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 you're all going to your own, own little cults that's right here you're able to hash it out and not and we may not all agree but it's it's a place where we can agree to disagree and and be willing to learn from one That's another. Right. Study to show thyself approved. Got to study. It, just because you believe something does not make it true. Yeah, and and it's like it's just it's just and Satan is winning because the house of who it's Jesus. It's supposed to be all about Jesus. We're backbiting one another. Yep. What? Why is it? Why is it? that 81% of American families are single mom homes. Because if we were united with Christ and there was that unity, the, the church would not be reflecting those numbers. That's right. And you wouldn't be turning your kids over to the government to train them in the way that Satan wants them to go instead of the way that the Lord wants them to go. Amen. 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 Good word. I got, I got to move on, Lauren. I'm with you. Let me get John Loveland in there. John's never in here. Come on, John. got to unmute. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, yeah, I don't usually get to tune in much. I mean, I, I tune in, but I can never uh, interact because I'm working. But uh, I just wanted to uh, share something. I, 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 if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 1, it says, uh, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it yet. Indeed, you're still re- you're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, "I follow Paul," and another, "I follow Apollos," are they not mere men? Are you not mere men? Um, again, that you know, looking at the. The division that we have in the body, uh, a lot of it comes from the theology that we learn from other people. Yes, sir. And here, regarding Paul and Apollos, they're all is Apollos. What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it to grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each one will, reward, will be rewarded according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. 
you are God's field, God's building. For by grace has has uh, given me, I laid the foundation, an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Again, there's our unity in Jesus. <laughs> if any man builds one on, on this foundation using gold, silver, co uh, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, his works will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it into light. It will be re uh, revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Wow. If he has built, uh, uh, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If, if it burns up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only one escaping through the flames. So, so basically, Coach, what I'm saying is, you know, it, Everything we do, it's if it's if it's for Christ, it's it, it's going to last. It's going to be that precious metal. But but if not, then it's it's going to be burned away. It's going to mean absolutely nothing. And we quarrel over these minor things when all we need to do is just look at the cross and say Jesus is the is the unity that we have in the body. And if we would stop lining up, it, 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 the body of Christ lines up in a circle. We need to stop lining up in a circle. We need to get in line in 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 order under Christ, and we can accomplish so much more amen know ye not that you are the temple of god that the spirit of god dwelleth in you and if any man defiles the temple of god that's you him shall god destroy for the temple of god is holy which temple you are so wow. thanks for letting me be a part uh coach me? i appreciate you what you're doing me? boom amen see you tomorrow, see you tomorrow. god bless